Welcome to Red Maryland Radio, the Red Maryland Network's flagship show. Here are your hosts, Brian Griffiths and Greg Klein. And hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of Red Maryland Radio, live on the Red Maryland Network, and of course on Facebook Live as well, coming to you. From the Jim Plunkett studio yes. on NFL draft night. That's right. No less. That's on right. the banks, in the, I'm sorry, in the heart of the downtown Zaverna Park Business District, also somewhere correct. in the vicinity of the banks of the semi historic Magathy River, on the bucolic western shore right. of Maryland, so you are listening to Maryland's leading political talk show, Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. I am your host, Brian Griffiths. With me in studio is Greg Klein, and boy, does that man. Love technology. Yeah, sure do. I love technology. <laughs> sure do. If you're listening to some podcast, you're like, what are they talking about? Yeah, yeah, it's okay. If you're watching the video on Facebook, hey, what happened? What happened? What happened? Don't worry about it. What's happened? A lot's we're, happened. We're back. And we got a lot to talk about here tonight. There's um, a lot going on. There's, if you've been paying any attention, um, to the mayor of Baltimore, the actual mayor, not the acting mayor, had a bit of a day today. The mayor come down with something. She don't feel so good. <laughs> she might have to leave town. Maya Rocky Moore Cummings continues to be the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, if you predicted in 2019 that the wife of uh, Elijah Cummings would be trying to actively prevent the election of the first African-American Speaker of the House in the Maryland House of Delegates, you would have won. But you would probably be a, have been You'd in have- an insane asylum. You also would have gotten pretty good odds for that, too. Yeah. You yeah. would have gotten super odds if for you, that. If you had that on your bingo card, you know, click that off, because that's what's happening. <laughs> Crazy. Um, Crazy. Yeah, tell me about it. We've also, uh, Larry Hogan went to New Hampshire this week. You might have yeah. read about it somewhere. And while we don't enjoy necessarily talking about it all the time. We hate talk. I hate talking about it. We're going to talk about it, because it's, it's news. news, and we have to talk about it. And, I hate it. And then, I hate that we have to talk about it. And then at the end of the show, if we have time. That's a preview. Oh, also, we're going to talk a little bit about my posts about the Baltimore Sun, potential Baltimore Sun strike. Yeah. Which is, you know, I, I we don't understand the internet, and we'll explain why. Well, I don't know that we don't, but you find new ways to piss new people off every week. And it never ceases to amaze me. Last week it was the symphony. This week yeah, it was symphony goers. It was ex Baltimore Sun reporters. Um, <laughs> I'm sure the current ones aren't big fans of yours either, but that's all right. <laughs> and then if we have time at the end, if you think that's too much, at I, the end gonna be a lot. we're going to talk try try to fit in some discussion about two of our favorites. You can't see air quotes on the radio. And poll results. We have poll results. Oh, we have poll there. results, too. Hell, I forgot about those. Yeah. At the end of it, we're going to talk about two of our favorite things, leadership, Anne Arundel, and cycling. Oh, boy. That'll keep, but we'll, we will talk about it. Interesting article. Yeah. Pushes a couple buttons for us and needs some comments. So if we can get to it, we'll get to it. All of that and more coming to you tonight. First, I do want to remind you that this week's episode of Red Maryland Radio is yes. brought to you by the Frederick County Republican Central Committee who brings you uh, their Lincoln-Reagan Day dinner on Friday, May the 10th, 2019, the Linganore Winery, it's easy for me to say, 13601 Glissons Mill Road in Mount Airy, Maryland. The Linganore facility is a fantastic place. It's a great place for an event. Uh, Beautiful country out there. You should definitely go see that. If that's not enough for you, their guest speaker is going to be Congressman Jim Jordan, who might have something to say about President Trump and the presidential election. Yeah, I think so. Um, By the way, they're also having a gun raffle, too. 
So, I mean, all of this stuff is going on. The deadline to buy tickets is May 2nd, okay? It's coming up. To buy tickets, you can get in contact with our friend Joey Lynn Huff, joeylynnh at comcast.net. That's J-O-E-Y-L-Y-N-N-H at comcast.net. Or you can go to frederickgop.org and learn more about how to buy your tickets. And that, by the way, is coming to you. Authority of the Frederick County Republican Central Committee, Joey Lynn Huff, treasurer. There's a link at redmaryland.com for more information on that, Indeed, too. If, if you're in the Frederick area, go check that out. It'll be a great event and support the work of the Republicans up in Frederick County, who we support wholeheartedly. Indeed. Now. Who love us. Frederick love us. Frederick loves us. Frederick loves us. <laughs> they yeah. love us. Um, they come with their notes and their questions <laughs> and the passion. It's just unending. We By the way, it. Tim Little in the chat room wants us to call it Inside Maryland Politics, which is another one of the many Facebook groups out there talking about politics. That's a pretty pretty normal one. That's a pretty sane one. So we shout out to them. Um Good on you. All right. So now, all right. Let's start big with the announcement. Big, big, big announcement. Big announcement. Greg, you don't have to beat the table. I'm excited, Greg. It's called excitement. It's displaying excitement. It's emotion. I'm excited. I am excitable. That should probably be a T-shirt. Sure, sure. You are excited. This is exciting news. You're. You got. You might have two things, but uh, it is exciting. So let's talk about that. So why, first, you want me to play the music? Hit, the, hit the theme song. Ready? Brian's very excited about this music bet. Here we go. Very excited. Motorhead. Little Motorhead. Yeah, we love our. All right, let's Langer cast a little bit. So, the big announcement. Okay? The big announcement. Yeah. Red Maryland. Yes, Red Maryland. Has come to Patreon. We have. It's exciting. We are now on Patreon. Okay? Patreon.com slash Red Maryland. Okay? Type that in the box for me for our our viewers, please. Patreon.com slash Red Maryland. Now, for those of you who may not know what Patreon is, a lot of you probably do know what Patreon is. Patreon is a way that you can support your favorite artists, podcasts, bloggers uh, with some financial financial compensation. That's fine. I like the music. It's not a comment on the music. Um, with some financial it's compensation to help us do what we do. Because look, yes. okay, look, okay. We've been doing look, okay. <laughs> we've been doing this for twelve years, Red Maryland. Okay. 2007. That's We've been doing the podcast for eight years. 2011. That's correct. This, you know, as we've talked about this before, this is not our full-time job. Okay. No, this is is not not what we do for a living. We have real big boy jobs and we do this in our spare time as a labor of love, as a service to the conservative movement, because we believe the conservative movement in Maryland. We're true believers. Yes. uh, We're we're amateurs in the truest sense of the word. Yes. Right. And... One of the ways that one of the things we want to do is we want to improve our equipment. We want to improve our video package. We want to right. be able to spend a little more on advertising, continue to get the word out. Maybe hire models to stand in for us. Well, that, that's if we get to a certain. <laughs> but we want to get the word out as well. Yes. And so uh, the point is, uh, if you go to patreon.com slash Red Maryland, this is this is going to be the new way that we're going to uh, the new avenue that we're asking our our supporters to support 
Red Maryland. There's different tiers of support. If you're familiar with Patreon, you'll understand this. There's different, uh, there's, you know, for the different levels of support that you get, there's different things that you'll get. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. Every single penny, this is important to say, and we'll repeat it many, many times. Every single penny that you give to us through Patreon goes into Red Maryland. Not one cent goes into our pocket. We're putting money into it too. Um, and it's going to go to uh, upgrade the equipment a little bit, a little better video presentation, a little better software. Not a lot of it. The vast majority of it, if we're fortunate enough to get uh, a, a good amount of support from you all, will be in just spreading the word. Yes. And and doing that in a variety of venues. And, and uh, because I, I think those of you who are listening to this, who've supported us over the years, I hope appreciate the value of what Red Maryland does, the platform we give, the information we're able to disseminate, the news and views uh, from a variety of contributors, uh, the support we can give to candidates who need it, and why we need something like Red Maryland. That's why we started. So this is a great way uh, to support it. Now, when it comes to benefits, because we appreciate the folks who are our patrons, right? Um, we, we can go through some of the some of the levels. Sure. But, one of the things that everybody who supports us will get, and there are different levels, so a dollar a month, five dollars a month, ten dollars a month, and it goes up from there. Um, one, the one thing that everybody will get, mm-hmm. um, other than our undying gratitude and our ability to thank you, yes, is you're going to get patron exclusive comment content. Content. And some of that's going to be exclusive. Some of that right. you're going to get earlier, right, than everybody else, right. One and, of, and one of the things, right. let's just talk about let's this. Talk this about one of the things we're really excited about, okay? Because we're pretty excited. Because people who, uh, people who subscribe, yes, to Patreon are right. going to be the first to hear our new show. Yes, we've developed our new podcast, right. a completely new podcast. It's not talking about current events. It's literally the history of Red Maryland. We have been doing this for a long time, and so uh, I think it's important for us. Well. I, I think it would be interesting. Let me put it that way. <laughs> it will be interesting. It will be interesting for us to tell the story of Red Maryland. So in a series of podcasts, um, we're, we're going to tell the story in chapters, in, in vignettes mm-hmm. uh, of the story of, of Red Maryland. So it'll be a series of stories about stuff that's happened to us. Some of them, most of them, will release early to our patrons, and then weeks later we'll put it out to the right. general public. These are, this is going to be evergreen stuff. And it's going to be ad-free on Patreon. But but it's going to be ad free on Patreon. But um, some of them I know and I think Brian would agree with me. Mm-hmm. Some of them we're going to pull the curtain all the way back. Yeah. And we're going to name names. And uh, once these are released to the general, and that's public, not going to be released to the general public. Uh, some of these are going to be of patron be. only. Yeah. Some of them will be. Some of them won't be. Most of them. Most of them you'll get first. But some of them, we're going to do some exclusive content, believe me. Believe me. And we may just do some special one-offs where we kind of pull it back a little bit yeah. um, and name name names. So that that's one thing that we get. Now, we also have for uh, different levels uh, some, of the, some of the rewards we're going to get. We've got new bumper stickers um, that, that we're going to put out there. Um, we've got, what else do we have, Brian? We have lots of other stuff. I'm trying to look at all the stuff that we well, have. Well, we're going to have, um, if you, if you, depending on your level, you may be able to, you know, guarantee tickets to Red Maryland events like the Red Maryland Leadership Conference. Correct. You may be able to get, uh, there may be, there's advertising space involved. If you donate enough money, not only will you do the undying gratitude, we'll 
come do a meet and greet with you. Yes. Um, all of this stuff should be on our Patreon, and I don't know why it's not, why Greg can't find it at the moment, but it's there. It's and, all there. Yes, um, it's all here. You have to check it out. You know, it, you can, it, it's, it's really amazing stuff, okay? And you are going to have the opportunity. We'll post more about this at redmaryland.com, okay? Right. And on the Patreon page. And on the well. Patreon page. But if you go we're still there, working you can the, check it out. We're still working, you know, working, working the things out, okay? Um, but you're going to be able to get exclusive content. You're going to be able to get, um, you're going to be able to get new stuff first. You're going to have exclusive access. We'll come to a meet and greet with you, depending on the level that you're. That's right. Um, you know, level that you're talking about. Okay. We could get matching chairs, David Bond. That is. We could, but that's that's down on the list of of priorities. <laughs> but uh, it would have to be Brian matching mine, not the other way around. But. Uh, <laughs> I have a nice chair. This is my office chair that I'm. It is your office chair. This is also an office chair of yours, right? Which right. I never sit in. That's for the. That's for people who are here for a short period of time. <laughs> Not the point. We're getting distracted. But um, special events, special access, uh, Patreon, uh, patron exclusive content or patron first content is going to be part of that. Um, new bumper stickers, new stuff, and as time goes on, we'll add to that and, and right. flesh that out as well. Uh, the point is. This is the new way to support us. We've done other things in the past, and we'll phase those out over time. But this is a great way to support us because one of the things we've learned, especially over the last couple of years, Mm -hmm. is that we have a a lot of great people who support us and watch us, and we appreciate it. And we have a core of people who really support what we're doing. And and, uh, I think we hope, we'll see what happens would appreciate supporting us uh, directly mm-hmm. with, a, with a monthly contribution. And, um, you know, we had such great response to our leadership conference. Stay tuned. We'll have more about that in a couple of weeks um, that we wanted to do this as well. And, again, all of this, every single penny goes to improving what we do here at Red Maryland and getting the word out. Yeah, like, you know, we're not, we're not in this for the money. We're not in this to, to make a career out of it, you know. And, look, you guys right. know. We're what, not going to rant and sell you, you know, supplements. We're going to. Yeah, you guys, and look, you guys know what we're about, okay. We're, we're straight shooters. Right. You get what you get from us. We're not, we're not playing a character. We're not doing a gimmick to keep, it's not you know, to keep, it's our, not to keep our viewers. This right. is what you get. This is who we are. This is what we actually believe. Um, you know, so and, we appreciate right. your support of our product up to this point. We ask you for your support with our Patreon going forward. And, and I think to, to Brian's point, and we've talked about this in the past, if if we had a model where we did this as a living, if we didn't have day jobs, if we did this, tried to make a living doing this, I think it would ruin what we're doing here at Red Maryland. It would ruin the yeah. integrity of what we're doing here at Red Maryland. It would force us to be less focused on local issues. It would force us to be less willing to to have a little bit more focus on policy. And we'd also have to probably pull punches, quite frankly. It, it, we would have to pull punches or, or you know, we'd have to it, – it'd be a lot more, you know, clickbait. Um, because that's that's the currency just to get clicks, and we don't we don't do that. And I think I think the value that we have is more is more than just you know some of the metrics that that some places want to look at. We, but we can do that because we're um, a nonprofit outfit because we're doing this as a passion project. Well, we're not for profit. We're not trying to make money right. off of it. Let's and, be sure. and we these, never these are not and, tax deductible. Don't right. nothing like that, that. That's true. That's true. And we never will. We never will. No matter how successful this is, none of this is going to go into our pocket. And right. I think that's important to point out as well. 
Right. So. Oh, well, you know, don't early January is what you're looking for if you're if you're blocking off um, blocking off all of that. January. So, but so we're going to be for those of you who bought tickets last week, you guys are going to get first crack or last, last for last year, year's conference last year. this year's or the 2019 conference. Yeah. You, you guys are getting first. Don't crack. tell them about the secret meeting last week. No. <laughs> if you bought last year, you're going to get first shot at the leadership conference. If you're one of our our, our patrons at and and I don't have, we'll we'll update the the level. Um, it'll include a ticket to our uh, leadership conference as well. So right. all of that, um, all of that will be coming as well. So you'll hear a lot more about it. You'll hear a lot more promos. That's what you're going to hear going forward. Patreon.com slash Red Maryland. And uh, we really appreciate your support and all of those who are um, who are doing that. All right. So we've done that. Now, where do we want to go to next? What do we want to talk about next, Brian? Well, what is, it, what is it you're supporting? Let's do some real local politics news and analysis. What do you say? <laughs> um, well, let's talk about. Do you want to do poll results? Do you want to do something else? What do you let's want to talk do? about? Let's spin the wheel. Let's talk about Catherine Pugh first. Uh, I don't want to get. Pugh. I don't want to get too deep um, into what to Catherine Pugh, but she she had a day today. Yeah, well, here's a here's here's a here's another piece. Brian got really excited pre-show. And had lots of ideas. So here's setting up our piece on Catherine Pugh, the mayor of Baltimore, the embattled mayor of Baltimore. We'll talk about the latest news with her. And we play this into the segment. Yeah. I remember watching this as a kid. Well, she sneaks around the world from Vienna to Carolina. She's a sticky finger filter from Berlin down to Belize. Catherine Pugh. So the big stew story. I didn't know you were going to jump in there. Well, sorry. I pause it. Sorry. I didn't know this was going to be an interactive piece. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so Catherine Pugh. Yes. Woke up this morning to an FBI raid at her house. Yes, the FBI and the IRS. And the IRS. Yeah. They also, they raided town. her uh, raided business. her office at City Hall. They did not raid her business, apparently. Um, okay. So, All right. Which is interesting. So they raided City Hall. And by the way, as, as, as an attorney, I've yeah. represented clients who've gone through this process. Okay. Um, the, you, you say, well, it's white collars. No, they take it seriously. They have... Teams come in with the FBI on the jackets and seize everybody and guns can get drawn and all this kind of stuff. So this is this is a real deal. This is very, very serious. They don't do this lightly. Nobody's surprised to hear that. And it's not a surprise that someone who was doing some sort of financial shenanigans that weren't reported in some sort of public government disclosures also might not have been reporting it on their income taxes correctly either right lest someone may have known that so i i have no doubt de- and by the way there there have been press reports that she used some of this money to buy a house yes so if the income from this was not entirely properly reported on a on a mortgage application or on a hud one for the sa- a real estate closing uh, something that was more akin to a gift wasn't properly identified. Mm-hmm. Those are potential federal crimes as well. Yes. In each instance, um, punishable up to five years in prison. So that's where you get the FBI 
that's where you get the IRS. They, they, of course, work hand in hand in these things, even if it's just purely a tax case. So we don't know what's going to happen. But um, the mayor has a pretty well-known uh, white-collar defense attorney and Steve Silverman, um, who is representing her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Silverman had, you know, had some press availability later today. It's funny, the city solicitor, former Judge Davis, who, by the way, has presided, including a case that I tried in front of him, Exactly these kinds of cases that the mayor is facing. Awkward. Apparently found out about this investigation through the media, which. That's a good sign. um, You know, some of his comments were kind of interesting. Judge Davis knows how much trouble the mayor is in as well as anybody. (laughs) Um, Silverman uh, said that the mayor was in such poor health that she was not able to make a competent decision. Those aren't the words that he used. He was. I'm not. I believe she him said directly. he was not. She. I believe he said she was not lucid. Lucid. Yes. Uh, but that she may come lucid in a week or so. And Which I want to know what decision. kind of pneumonia you have to be not lucid. Well, look. I mean, people. Look. Uh, his. I mean, I, I don't know her condition, but there are people who've had serious pneumonia who have hallucinated and been out of it. That's. I, that's pretty serious if you have that. At you know in the 21st century. Yeah. that way there's reason to be skeptical about that oh, now why would we be skeptical? Um, especially when the other part of that conversation is she might be better next week you know yeah. i mean well and then in the middle of all of this comes the crazy right coda to the story which was that allegedly she had left the state which turned out to not be true right like so that was a rumor that got started and of rumor. course and, and again, not to, to point out the difference between local media and national media is Correct. that the national media uh, was running with that story hours after it was already debunked. Right. Um, right. Which is why we played the clip at the beginning, because it's like, I mean, it's I don't know how much lower this can go for Baltimore and how much lower this can go for Mayor Pugh. I'm very glad that we were literally the first people anywhere to say, you got to go. Well, there's more. There's more that could be uncovered about it. Oh um, yeah, she she very well could ultimately see a federal indictment, and if she is indicted federally, odds are pretty good she probably would end up in jail. We don't know her health problems. I certainly don't wish her ill and hope that she makes a full recovery and faces whatever consequence. But she should resign in either case, and it's true she should be lucid to do that, but. I can't imagine anybody who was lucid not rec- not seeing the handwriting on the wall. Um, there is that. The more cynical side of me is thinking, well, maybe she'll know what to do after Steve Silverman makes an initial meeting with the U.S. Attorney's Office. I don't know. That's, I have a feeling that's pretty that might, cynical. I have a feeling that part. might bring some clarity. Um, you know uh, that that again is the more cynical side of me, but um, it's bad. And it's getting worse, and it would be better for everybody. Of course, the governor renewed his call for her to resign, and the city council has called for her to resign. Just saying, we were first. Um, and uh, absolutely. And some have retweeted that, but not also called for it. We'll talk about that a little later. But um, it's get it. You know, another shoe has dropped. I don't know how many shoes there can be. Um, I think and if you're asking why would they do this and not arrest her, it's not really what they do. Yeah, they'll you know white collar stuff. There'll be an indictment, then she may have to report and go through that process. But um, it's not like she's well. I say she's not a flight risk, but 
you know, rumors aside, if she were not in such bad condition, she might as be reported. A risk, yes, um, something to think about. But anyway, good so time. And, and look, you know, again, this is something we've been talking about. This is this is the kind of stuff that happens when you don't have a Republican elected in a city for fifty years. That's right. Okay, it's absolutely right. There has not been a Republican in any office in the city since. Well, okay, technically there was Frank Conway Jr. in the couple of months before he passed away. So but he wasn't elected as a Republican. He wasn't elected as a Republican, right. and he was clerk the last. Right. The last mayor elected as a Republican or was a city Ted, council was Ted, member was Ted McKeldin right. when he ran after. This was after he was governor. He went back and served another term as mayor. Um, because you had people like yeah, pause on that for a second because I talked about that this morning on the radio on WGMD. The days of William Donald Schaefer, where you would have some of the state's most powerful, important leaders who were who cared about the city of Baltimore and wanted to serve it. You might say Martin O'Malley in that circumstance, though I don't think Martin O'Malley cared really much more I think than Martin, Martin O'Malley. I think Martin O'Malley cared more about Baltimore. He at least before two thousand two. He at least pretended to care. At, at least, least he, for at a couple saw, of years. He at least paid homage to that, even if it was insincere. Um, we don't really have that anymore. You certainly aren't going to see people go to Annapolis. And I know and I know Senator Pugh was a state senator and then mm-hmm. winner, but she was really a city politician always. Right. She had been a city councilwoman. She had run for mayor previously. Uh, that was a step up. You know, the days of having a governor like McKeldin or or having someone like Schaefer who would at one point stated he would rather be mayor than governor. Oh, William Donald Schaefer wanted to die as mayor of Baltimore. He um, never wanted to leave that job. You're, you know, he had to, he, and, and, and he had had to, to get dragged into running for governor and, by and, the Democratic and, establishment. And only, Hold that thought, by the way. And only did it because he was convinced that he could do more for the city of Baltimore as governor than as mayor. Right. Those days are gone. That kind of leadership is gone. What you've got is a kleptocracy. Uh, a, a, a Yes, a, a one party. It's not even a machine. It is this. This kleptocracy of people who are the skill set to get elected mayor of Baltimore is the ability to con your way into into shaking the right people down to get enough money Mm -hmm. and avoiding blame when you're in office when you never solve any problems. That's the skill set. There's no real accountability in these elections. Your ability to deflect and blame others is is the primary skill set. And when you get in. It seems like they've had a hard time getting people who don't get caught either with either get caught committing crimes. Sheila Dixon or and the current mayor, arguably, or literally getting caught having the city catch on fire. Right. (laughs) Which is what Stephanie Rollins Blake. So so you're saying right now is that if I if I want to get a get this current mayor, uh, you know, if I want to get the current mayor to yell at me about me in the Baltimore Sun, I better do it quickly so she can catch up with the last two. Yeah, I don't know if she's going to be writing any opposing op-eds. But, yes, this is a <laughs> point we've made for a long time. So it's sad because there's a lot of problems with the city and there's a lot of innate corruption. And the voters there um, don't really have, get a choice. They don't really get a choice. They've made their own beds to a large degree. But this is it's. There are good people in the city who are suffering as a result right. of this. And by the way, the next crew of potential mayors, people who've been rumored to run, they're not really any better. Bill Ferguson? You don't you don't get to that level by being you know, better. You know, Bill Ferguson, Thero Vignaraja, right. you know, yeah. Mer- uh, Mosby. Yeah. You know, so we'll see. Elizabeth we'll Embry. See. 
I mean, this is not. And, and you know, Jack Young in there, I mean, is not exactly. I mean, he just knows where the bodies are buried, and he's the guy in the seat right now. He's trying to enjoy it while he can because it's probably right. the only way he'd ever get it, be in the mayor's, mayor's office. So we'll see. Yeah, but that's I mean, it. That's a sad story. It's And, and Pew should resign. Hopefully her health will not give out. Um, if, if for no other reason than there ends up being a full accounting of what happened and everybody sees all the dirt, and that there's some accountability for it, and we do something real that it doesn't happen again. Not just for her, right. but in general. That's probably wishful thinking. But right. that, that's that's why it would be good if she made a full recovery and faced the consequences. I couldn't agree more. Speaking of somebody who is facing the consequences today. Okay. Um, somebody else who's not had a real good day is the, the, the best Democratic state party chairman that a Republican could ever hope for. Maya Rocky Moore Cummings. She is the gift that keeps on giving. You know, it's funny because, when, you know, the last several Democratic chairs have been interesting selections. They had um, Kathleen Matthews, who was just <sighs> milk toast, a failed congressional candidate, wife right. to Chris Matthews, a D.C. insider. Say what you will about... Kathleen Matthews, in her performance as state party chairman, she was the state party chairwoman who got Democratic pickups in the House of Delegates and won all of these county governments. So, but that, you know, because the Democratic Party has been thrusted so far to the left, she right. got kicked to the curb for Maya Rocky Moore Cummings, who was a failed gubernatorial candidate who never really even made it out of the gate. And she, of course, got, you know, you know her and her band of, of left-wing bandits got in there. And every time... Maya Rocky Moore opens her mouth. She says something stupid and makes the case that the Democratic Party is a dumpster fire and is not capable of governing the state of Maryland in an effective manner. For her first, you know, earlier it was her comments about um, Governor Hogan. Yeah, about, about Governor Hogan calling him a white nationalist. Then he, it he was, was a, he's a he's a white nationalist. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. He was a, just for those who don't remember. Governor Hogan was a white nationalist because he said some he made a favorable comparison between himself and Ronald Reagan. Yeah. That's all he did. Yeah. Right. And he's before a white that, nationalist. Before that, Maya Rocky Moore Cummings was silent about you know the racists in her own party, looking at you, Marianne Lasanti. Correct. You know, silent about the sexual harassers in her party. Right. Silent about, you know, the the bigot who's her state party secretary, trying to say that gun owners are terrorists, silent about Baltimore City Council candidates who think that, you know, who've spread lies, misinformation, and fake news all over the place, silent about members of her own Democratic House caucus who want to restrict free speech, silent about her party's attorney general who wants to restrict, you know, the rights of due process. But damn it, if you want to cross the boss and cross over and work with Republicans in a bipartisan manner, she will cut you. Right, and what we're talking about here, of course, is the the election of a new Speaker of the House. You've really got two candidates now it's come down to. That's what it appears to be. That's what it appears to be. Delegate Derek Davis from Prince George's County Mm -hmm. and Delegate Maggie McIntosh, the chairman of the Appropriations Committee from Baltimore City. And let me remind you, by the way, I wrote a piece about this last week. Right. None of them are that good. None of these are candidates who are going to, you know, say, you know, be of candidates of Republican values and and are going to push— Correct. Every Republican principle. Correct. But the fact that Republicans, I'm sorry I'm interrupting you. The fact that Republicans have 
are basically, I don't want to say controlling the process, but have a significant and real voice in the process of the selection of the speaker. And it's got Maya Cummings, um, it, you know, it's got her pants in a bunch. And, and let's explain why for people who don't, a little context is important. There are 94 members of the Democratic Caucus in the House of Delegates. Uh, 98, I think. 98 members of the Democratic Caucus in the House of Delegates. There are 42 Republicans. Yes. Okay. So in order for a speaker to get elected, they need to get a majority 71, 71 votes. Now, if the Democratic caucus of 98 people is split and there's not 71 votes within that caucus, and for I point either, out, it only takes 29 to split off right for for any particular candidate and the 42 Republicans who have said repeatedly publicly that they're going to vote as a block, mm-hmm. they are going to end up determining who the speaker is someone with a small percentage of the democratic caucus could then with the republican support get elected and conceivably they that part of that deal could be some um concessions the speaker is incredibly powerful the speaker appoints committee chairmen who have the ability to put bills in the drawer and keep them there who have who have a lot of a lot of control there's a lot of procedural concessions that right. could be made to the Republicans. There's a lot of things that Republicans could get. Yeah. Usually Republicans are completely ignored in this process. Yes. Put up a symbolic candidate who's got no chance of if winning. That. Uh, and they, they often do that in the House. In the Senate, it's a different story, but they don't know. You're right. If, if that. Now, the Republicans at least have a chance to try to negotiate a deal. Right. And the Democrats and 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 the way the reporting of this and what we're hearing is that Maggie McIntosh is the favorite among the Democratic caucus, but, does but not, she doesn't have 71 votes right. that Derek Davis is solidifying support among the legislative black caucus and the Prince George's County and delegation. Prince George's County delegation. So you've got a split within the Democratic Party, which we've seen for years now coming to the fore. But everybody tells us that Democrats don't fight amongst themselves. Right. I know. For all of you people who say Democrats always, always fall in line and they always come together and they never show only Republicans eat their own. That's garbage. Here's a great example of why that is. Whatever the outcome ends up being. Um, What what this divide is on along racial lines. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a real. Um, intersectional conflict going on here because, yeah, at this you, point, because you've got a, a white woman versus an African-American. Well, a white woman who happens to also be a homosexual. LGBT, right. So, you know, it's historic whoever gets elected, but you've got the Legislative Black Caucus essentially saying we're supporting the first African-American to be Speaker of the House and the Maryland House of Delegates, which would be incredibly historic. Right. And you've got now to, to, to now now that's the background. Now you've got the chairman, but may have to do it with Republican votes, right? Now you've got the chairman of the Democratic Party saying, if you're a Democrat in the House of Delegates and you vote with Republicans to elect a speaker who will be Democrat, who right. will be a Democrat, there will be a Democratic. There's not. I know you I- are going to be punished, right? What? And as Brian points out in his piece, not clear what that means or what that what she really could do. But essentially, what what is implied here, and it's not stated overtly, what she's essentially saying, and the Legislative Black Caucus issued a response to this today, what she's essentially saying is Democrats ought to be voting for the white lesbian woman yes, rather than the African-American man. And by the way, and again, let's just again point out the, just the bizarre you know, conflux of this. You're talking about the, the chairman 
of the Maryland Democratic Party who happens to be a black woman who happens to be right. the wife of a prominent African-American congressman right. saying Democrats and, and need a, to get in line and vote for the establishment white woman. And a leader of the civil rights movement. I mean, yes. that's not... You know, whatever problems you have with Cummings, he has that, is his that background. cachet. That is his background. Absolutely. Is, you know, and... and you know, and if you read my, if you haven't read my piece, do it. Uh, please do. I, I go into a great deal of, of context about this. Uh, you know, you're talking. You know, one. You know, if you have to tell people to do this, you have no power to do it. Two, it shows that the machine, the Democratic machine. And we've been talking about this for years, Greg, on this show, on RedMaryland.com, on other places. The Democratic machine's dead. It's broken. There is because no, there if there no was machine. a Democratic machine, right. this statement would never have to be made because the Democratic members of the House of Delegates would right. damn well understand the consequences of stepping out of line. Right. I mean, when you've had challenges to leadership in the past, it was all, you know, whenever a leadership real was, cloak and dagger was, was a, bubbling up. Now, this is an open coup. this is an opening because you have a death. So this is a rare occurrence. That right. doesn't happen very often. And by the way, the speaker has to be elected. They can't wait till next January. That's a requirement because there's a lot that the speaker does. It's a constitutional officer. Um, So there needs to be a special session. There's different ways that can be called. So if you're saying, well, why are we having a special session? Well, it. The legislature has to and, convene oh, oh, in order to elect the way, speaker. And the reason the special session is May 1st is because it's going to be before Governor Hogan vetoes anything. No, the timing, we talked about that, yeah. I talked about that last week. The timing is the timing is spot on and smart. Um, so, and it's, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm guessing the Democrats wish it was tomorrow because it's going to be a long week, not even a week, until next Wednesday right. when this happens. Um, but this is this is what's going. The, the, this party is ripping themselves apart, and again, it goes to very deep, open wounds with regard to race, with regard to, to geography, to gender. It, as Brian calls it, this intersectional car crash that's going on, and um, you know, it's 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 really interesting how a, 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 a party chairman, a state party chairman, who really doesn't have a lot of authority, no is trying to inter- interpose herself into this um, in a way that is offensive. I mean, you have the you have the you have the chairman of the legislative black caucus referring to this as bullying. Yes. And by the way, it's not just the legislative I mean, black caucus. Eric Bromwell sent a sent a very sternly worded letter, open letter to her talking about and this is particularly true too, talking about Ben Jealous. You know, one of the comments that um, Cummings was talking about in her letter was the fact that the Republicans were openly campaigning for Ben Jealous and 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 all this other stuff. One, you know, when was that? When this was that? in this was in the letter. Um, you know, talk, no, I mean, when were we doing that? When were we doing that? When when, when were Republicans open? I'm sorry, Democrats. Did I say? I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. Yeah, thank you. Democrats were openly campaigning for Larry Hogan. Ah, sorry. And opposing, you know, and basically that the the the, the, the meme true. among progressives that the Democratic establishment sold out Ben Jealous, even though he was a terrible right. candidate, an incompetent boob, and you know, so radically far to the right. left that you know even Self-pre- even a blue wave preservation kicked in, even yeah. a blue wave couldn't cause his ass, you know, couldn't save his ass, um, you know. And, and and Bromwell talks about well, you know, and and do you remember the real news video we mocked? the real news for and they talked they went to 
Eastern Baltimore yes, County and talked well. to Eric Bromwell. It was a great episode. And one of our best episodes. It was. Before. And and Bromwell talked about, I've never met Ben Jealous. I've never seen he Ben said, Jealous in my district. He said he never district. met the guy. It was election day. Yeah. He said he never met Well, it wasn't election day. It was, it was early it was voting. Early voting. Yeah. So a, lack of, a voting was occurring, but it wasn't election day proper. And he pointed out to Cummings that, one, he's ne- the guy has been a delegate for 17 years. Eric Bromwell, whether you like the guy or not, is in is one of a member of one of the Democratic Party's royal families, um, you know, a legacy of politics, yes. both the good and the bad, right. in the Democratic how Party. Can, right? How and can he a has Democrat- never he's never met the Democratic State you don't Party need to chairman. bang on the table. The fact that the Democratic nominee for governor hasn't even met all the Democratic members of the caucus, yeah, uh, hasn't gone to. Uh, first off, I don't believe Eric Bromwell. I think he's full of crap. I'm sure he's met the guy at some point. Eric Bromwell was saying that because he didn't want to be tainted with with the the stink of of Ben Jealous. To be fair, he was not the only one saying that. So I th- I, I think that that there there's some truth to that. Well, the, but we also had situations where you had people taking pictures with him, and they're like, "Oh, I don't really know him." You know, I mean, come on, it would there was a lot of you know crab stepping away. Um, I, I I don't believe I think Eric Bromwell has met the guy at some point. The point Bromwell was making, which is absolutely correct, is the fact that Cummings and her progressive cabal don't understand that there are people that there are differences in the Democratic Party, that they don't understand that there are people who don't agree in lockstep with their radical left wing agenda that people like Cummings and Robbie Leonard and Ben Jealous right. are are pushing. The real strange I, thing. I, I and I. I don't know that they don't understand it. I think they don't care. And that could be it, too. Right. The thing is, is the fact that, you know, and we talked, I talked a little bit about this earlier. And you mentioned it, too, Greg. The chairman of the Democratic right. Party has basically no authority to do this. If I was the Democrats. Um, if well, they I, have authority to send a letter. They don't have it, any real power to right. punish anyone. Yeah, you know, the last time there was a Republican who tried to step into legislative decision making, um, it was Jim Palura. And he got run out of the chairmanship, FYI. But it's a different it's a it's it's different. I don't think it's a totally inanalogous situation. But the point there, being is that she's, she's there, he had nothing. He had no tools in the toolbox. Some people argue, well, the, the state party has has money. No, the money comes from the caucuses raising that money, the slate right. campaigns raising that money, the 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 the, the, the true. Uh, Muldoons who run the state that raise the money, and right. that's not the chairman of the state party. They may be a big fundraiser, which is how Kathleen Matthews got the job, right? But they don't hold those purse strings. Um, whoever the speaker is will be very involved in that, oh, which yeah. is why these these Democrats in the House are willing to rip each other to shreds, mm-hmm. and why the the chairman of the state party is willing to go way out over the line. In trying to make sure the right Democrat gets that spot. But ultimately, she has no power. She, If this was a poker game, she'd be sitting there with a two and an eight before seeing the flop. And I've already pushed her chips in hoping she can bluff her way to the pot. Okay. That's yeah, what she's I, doing. It, she's, it's a bluff. And she got called on it and her punk card got pulled. And she looks like a feckless loser. That's just the way it is, folks. And she is a feckless loser. And we should be thankful the Democrats elected a feckless loser to be their state party chairman. Right. Am uh, I wrong? Uh, yeah. No, it's extreme. It, it, what, it, the most important thing is that it's not it doesn't seem to be having an effect on the outcome. None. If anything, the, the legislative black caucus and, and the supporters of Derek Davis seem to be digging in deeper. I agree. And there, there's a famous philosopher, Greg, who said something about this. What was it that he said? I don't know. I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, you're I'm talking oh, about you're, playing the you're clip. Yeah. I'm trying to well, that's not it. Well that's not it. Yeah. This is this is Baltimore. 
philosophy. Yeah. You guys will recognize Farmer this. in the Dell. Yeah. Hey, yo, lesson here, babe. You come at the king, you best not miss. There you yeah. go. You come at the king, you best, you best not, not miss. miss. There you go. So. Why don't we We'll switch? see. It'll be exciting. Next week, we'll know who the speaker, presumably. Right. And by the way, the, the speaker gets elected every year. Yes. Every year. So we'll have to do this all over again so, in January. So just, and Stay I know, tuned And for I know action. most of you aren't thinking this, but I know we're going to get a comment. Well, you can't trust the demon rats. The Republicans ought to not make a deal with them. They'll just turn. Well, then they'll elect somebody else next year. Yeah. If they're still split. I mean, if, so, the, if the Republicans ultimately are the deciding factor in this election, the Republicans will still have stroke. If they get anything, the the it's session. more than what they have now. Yes. Even if it's a promise, it's more than they have now. I couldn't agree more. Greg, why Some don't people we, on our side have a hard time understanding? That, that, well, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk more about that in a few minutes after. But let's talk about poll results first. Let's kind of cleanse the palate. Um, will this cleanse the palate? Do you want me to play some? Some music. Let's play a let's play a bumper. No, don't do that. I don't want to do that. Yeah, don't end the video. Um, So we had our poll results, our April poll. We held it open a little longer than usual because we knew Easter was coming. Not enough of you participated, but that's okay. 104 of you did. A lot of counties sat it out though, so we got to do a little better than that, folks. Looking at you, Garrett County. Garrett County. Yeah. Is it is it the ends? You know, the ends of the earth. Dorchester. Yes. Garrett. Yeah. Yeah. Can't. 11.5% of the, our respondents were Republican Central Committee members. That's so about normal. That going for you. A nice bell curve age distribution for right. our 55 to 64 year old demographic. I'm telling you, we are, we are minutes away from a Blue Chew endorsement. I'm telling you, advertisers, this is your audience. Um, if the Republican primary for president were held today, for whom would you vote? 74.8% of you said Donald Trump. That's down from last month, by the way. Right. Uh, 9.7% of you said Bill Weld. That's up from last month. 15.5% of you said, I don't know. Maybe we should add Larry Hogan to the list next month. We'll talk about that in a second. Don't. The next question, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about this later. Don't, don't, don't bring that up, and I won't ask you who you vote. Should for. Larry Hogan... I actually didn't vote in this month's poll. I forgot. <laughs> should Larry Hogan run for president in 2020? 11.7% of you said yes. 81.6% of you said no. 6.8% of you said maybe. Put a pin in that. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, that's... So we asked you about the Republican primary for governor yes. and for whom you would vote. We're a long way out. We're just trying well, to get a sense Greg, of it's getting closer. Are we a long way out? What, from because 2022. Boyd Rutherford at 17.3% of the vote came in first place. Yes. Uh, he's having a fundraiser soon, Greg. He's been out and about. He's been very busy. Yes, he came yeah. to our leadership conference. And just saying, he is... Uh, he is, he is out there's a reason he's on this list and has about. been doing well every month. Kelly yes. Schultz at eleven and a half percent is in yes. second place. Craig Wolf at ten point six percent is in third place. He should, will uh should we mention he's he's got a new job. He got a new gig he working in the Trump administration. Be, so he Congratulations, will be, by yes, the way. You'll do very a great job. disappointment. Um so he will not be running for anything anytime soon. Uh at least until no. he would uh, would leave his position and you know, we'll see how that turns out later. He serves at he'll be serving at the pleasure of the president. I understand that. Right. Um, Andy Harris got 9.6% of the vote. Steve Shu 6.7%. Um, scattered onesies and twosies for a lot of other people. Right. Um, 
couple of go down. A couple of people got some write-in votes, including Michael Steele, who I should probably uh, include in the poll next month because there are there he has are made murmurs. murmurs. Yeah. Um, Warren Miller got two votes. That's just somebody trolling us at this point. Okay. Um, thanks for thanks for participating, Warren. David Smith, John Grasso, Glenn Glass, Collins Bailey, Robin Ficker, and Paul Drogas got one vote each. That'd be a fun primary. I I with those guys. Be, it would be interesting. That'd Paul be a fun run for go- I would I would enjoy Paul running for governor. That would be fun. Oh, I don't know about that, but okay. Um, other answers. Question. Other, question. Other answers included. Question mark. Don't matter. Won't win. This is a great list of those that are not true conservative, much like Red Maryland. What a joke! None of those people on that list you consider conservative. Craig Wolf. Craig Wolf. Craig Wolf does not qualify in the minds Andy of Harris this commenter. Isn't. I mean, what does it take? Justin Reedy's not. What does it take? I, I, man, I, and none of the above, yeah. which is really useful. So then we asked the question, who do you think will be the Democratic candidate for governor in 2022? So most of our audience, not Democrats. But who do the people who read Red Mail and participate in our poll think will, the Democrats will nominate? This is kind of 24% one. said Peter Francho. Consistently, I honestly the top vote think that's wish casting. I think so, too. I don't think he's running for governor. Angela also Brooks got 11 and a half percent of the vote. Um, Brian Frosch, 8.7%. Comically, Catherine Pugh tied for fourth place. Five point eight percent. That is comical. Uh, Rocky, People have fun. People enjoy. Maya Rocky Moore Cummings got two point nine percent of the vote, and then scattered. And I don't. For I don't rest. know that Peter Francho would win in a primary. It That's my point. I think it's wish casting. I don't think Peter Francho can win in the primary. I don't think he's going to run, which is why I think it's wish casting. No, I don't think. I don't think either. he'd win in a. Democratic I don't think primary. he would win right now. I agree with you a whole hundred percent. So we asked people. Um, we had asked people before, are you considering, would you consider running for office? So we asked people about yeah. specific offices because there seemed to be confusion about it in previous Oh, polls. interesting. Okay. Nine and a half percent of you would consider running for Congress. So about 10% of people are thinking, really, running for Congress. 10%. Really? Wow. That okay. seems low, doesn't it, compared to. No, that's. Um, okay. No, I don't think it seems low. I think that's outrageously high. Do you remember how many people ran for U.S. Senate last, last no, year? No, I understand that, yeah. but there aren't 10% of people who read Red Maryland who I, should be thinking seriously about running for Congress. Would you consider running for delegate or state Senate? 17.5% said yes. Okay. All right. That's a little different. 22.5% said you would consider running for county office. That seems about right. Only 6.9% said that you would consider running for the Board of Education. Okay. That's, well, not every place has it. And, that's fair. And that's interesting. But that's fair. You know, maybe more education is where you can really do some good work and start really laying the groundwork for the future, by right. the way. And 18.9% said Central Committee. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. About 12% are Central Committee members, so a little higher than that are thinking about it. Right. So that's interesting. Okay. So we asked the question, should Democratic Party Chairman Maya Rocky Moore Cummings resign due to her accusation that Larry Hogan is a, quote, white nationalist? And I think after we asked this question, you know, the chairman's like, okay, Brian, hold my beer. I got a better question for you next month. Yeah. Um, 65.7% said yes to 18.6% said no, and 15.7% said maybe. Yeah. I'm so, curious the thought process there. Let's skip those questions because I didn't actually include them in the poll this month. Okay. Um, so then we get to the, get to the uh, open-ended question, which is Greg likes to call it. It's the comedy unloading zone. We always want to give you the opportunity to say whatever you want. We usually regret doing that, but we want to get your feedback. Sometimes it's it's hilarious. Sometimes you guys give us some good material. Often it's, you know, we, we see the, the breadth and the scope of those who participate in our poll and presumably some sample of, of our audience here at Red Maryland. You're a more diverse group than you may realize as we'll show you in a second. And Brian, you can start us off. Read I would like comments. to know why the Republican Party does not address the 85 MS-13 gang members released to Anne Arundel streets. 
only six of whom are documented. Good question. Larry Hogan is the kind of Republican that got us into this mess. You can't work with Democrats. I don't know what mess specifically we're talking about. Yeah, I'm not sure what mess he got us into that some other Republican would have prevented. Right. And 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 I just want to say, if you want to clue yourself in as kind of a silly Facebook warrior, use the term demon. It's not even demon rats. That's more clever. This is Democrat and the, the rats part of it is. Yeah. Come on. The Prince George's County School Board should be elected and not appointed by the county executive. OK. Now, this is this, this was fun. creative. This, this is fun. This is this is from the writer's room. My top candidates for 2022 Republican nomination for governor are Julie Brewington, Charles Lawler, Chris Cafalis, Billy Shreve, Kirby DeLauder, and John Grasso. For those of you who don't get that the would joke, be a fun primary. For those of you who don't get the joke, those are the six winners right. uh, of Red Maryland's least valuable conservative award over the last several years. And I'm, I would want to own the bar where we have that uh, debate, by the way. Um, do very well. Well, what's that number again, Greg? <laughs> Just keep going. <laughs> Just keep going. After reading your story on Warren Miller, perhaps Red Maryland should write their stu- stories before visiting craft breweries. Ooh, Ooh. Burn. Just reading these. Patriot Pickett sucks. Perhaps Peter Franchot should convert to Republican and run for governor. By the way, this is in quotation marks. Seems that he and Hogan agree on fiscal issues more than they disagree, and the Dems are trying to outleft us each other. Besides that, it would be the biggest fuck you to the Democrats in MD that I can remember, and I might vote for him purely on that principle. He is to sent to he he is to T O centrist to win the Dem nomination. Now let's break this down for a second. Okay. Do we have to? And by the way, we don't need the profanity. All right, right. Just take it easy. All right, It's a family show. Peter Franchot, if you remember, is a Tacoma Park liberal. Yeah. The fact that a Tacoma Park liberal like Peter Franchot is now part of the conservative wing of the Democratic Party should tell you everything you need to know right. about how far the Democrats have moved to the left in the course of the last 12 years. And he has agreed with Governor Hogan on some fiscal issues. And that is and that would give him that would make him more favorable. And he has supported the governor. And I think that would make him in a general election more more favorably disposed. But he still supports the same thing that a lot yeah. of mainstream. Quote he's unquote, not Democrats. he's not as centrist as as you might think. Uh, but he is more to the center than whoever the Democratic Party is likely to right. nominate. I think that's important. Right. Red Maryland, the voice of Larry Hogan, a moderate Democrat and a Republican job. You're going to have to show me your math on that. Can't wait till you guys award Larry some type of conservative award again. What a laugh riot. I, the, the question that I have for this, other than, I mean, I'm going to ignore the, the, the spelling and punctuation. How is this a Republican job? If, if Larry Hogan's too moderate, what more conservative Republican would have been elected? Because if you could show me that, then I'll give you the point. But. This is the same conversation we had back in 2014 where Charles Lawler folks said Charles Lawler was the only candidate who was the only candidate who could be elected governor, even if he couldn't win the primary. And though he got his clock cleaned when he eventually ran for county commission in that general election as well. No one would vote for me if I did run for something. Probably the most honest comment we've ever gotten. And probably the kind of person who should run, quite frankly. No, I don't know about that. Uh, Keep up the fight. Tell Republicans to to tell Hogan to veto HB 1272 abortion funding bill as per our RNC platform. Okay. All right. He should. And by the way, if he wants to run for president, that's a good veto for him to make. You, okay, just reading this. 
You've elected a turd to be president of the United States. I have never let's get seen that, it. Let's get that guy together with the moderate Democrat and Republican job guy. You've got to be you've got to eat a lot of Cheetos to make a turd look that color. We need more good Republican candidates up here in Harford County that are not Pat McDonough or Rick Impolaria. And here we have a reading from Scripture. Jesus then went to the tomb of Lazarus with Mary, Martha, and the rest of the mourners. There he asked them to remove the stone that covered the hillside burial place. Jesus looked up to heaven and prayed to his father, closing with these words, Lazarus, come out. When Lazarus came out of the tomb, Jesus told the people to remove his grave clothes. How do you think our Anne Arundel County delegates and senators did this session? Any particular, any particular good or bad legislation from any of them? Admittedly, I haven't paid that close attention. I know that uh, my state senator, Brian Simonair, was off doing things about uh, therapy horses or something like that this year. You know, real important stuff, not worrying about things like yeah. abortion or tax cuts. Yeah, uh, I think overall they did pretty well. There was this issue that we talked about at the time. They supported, many of them supported the 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 foam ban yes statewide um we never did get an answer as to why they did that we we put it out to them and we never got a response to that so that was one that's kind of a head scratcher um you know uh generally pretty good but definitely that that's one that jumps out as as a questionable one all right where are we here okay The Maryland Republican Party needs to get its database together and to enhance its presence on college campuses. Yes, I would volunteer for both. But the first but first, the party needs to get 100 percent behind President Trump. Diagram that sentence for me. No party's ever 100 percent behind anybody. Okay, Um, you should just volunteer for the Trump campaign if that's what you want to do. And there'll be Trump supporters on college campuses and, and organize that. way. And by the way, the college Republicans are. They have a contested election this year. They yeah. have a convention next weekend. You know, they're out there doing stuff. So yeah. uh, I don't. There's think, always more they can. Do, I don't think it's. I don't think it's as dire on college campuses as you think it is. But if you're willing to volunteer, it's not going to take much. You know, a quick Google search, you'll find, you'll find the group near you on campus, and and support the president. If if, you know, you don't need everybody else's support before you get involved. You get right. involved. I'm a true fiscal conservative. Trump and the GOP are nothing more than socially conservative socialists. Okay. All right. Get Let's him get to him get, together right, with the guy in the last thing. The, yeah. oh, sorry. sorry about that. That was very unprofessional hitting the microphone. Uh, Hogan, Kipke, and Jalega should all be removed for their, spelled their wrong, failed leadership of the Republican Party and for failing to uphold the oath that they have taken to uphold the U.S. and Maryland Constitution. I would give them a vote of no confidence. Get that guy together with the, you know, socially conservative socialist. I would love to understand. I would love to know what how they violated their oath. You know, they didn't do what he wanted, essentially. So and who would remove them and then who would replace them? And then how would that work? The Repubs are little more than a bunch of useless rhinos, including the head rhino Hogan would love to have a real Republican run for office. And I'm speaking as an independent. Who, I mean, give us a name. I, who would you think should run for office? Because I would, you know. Because usually the ones. It's a, people, apparently the, it's a Republican job. Because usually the people. Governor peop- of Maryland. Usually so. the people who everybody touts as the true conservatives are the ones who are most likely to be a socialist. Yeah. Uh, just saw Rhino Hogan's considering a presidential run. Will these never Trumpers ever get with reality? I'll put it, put it in that. We'll talk about that in the next segment. The, the red areas of Maryland must secede from the Yankee-fied... Spelled Yankee-fied wrong. Yeah, blue counties. 
electing another Hogan, Chris Christie Jr., will change nothing. Chris Christie also spelled wrong, by the way. Uh, first off, we don't judge people for drinking before they participate in our poll, so thank you. Um, you know, this secession stuff, I mean, just think about what it is you're actually saying. It's kind of silly. I understand your frustration, Yankified or not, but anyway. Donald Trump may not be perfect. Brian, he may not be perfect. So I hear. But he is our Republican president, and we should support him for re-election. The conservative accomplishments will be much better, will be much greater during a second Trump term than during the presidency of Hillary Clinton supporter Bill Wells. I just point out that the one candidate running for president in the Republican or Democratic primaries right now who gave more money than anybody else to Hillary Clinton was Donald John Trump. Donna Edwards will run for Gov and lose horribly. Well, she's run for everything else and lost okay. recently. So. Right. Uh, a county board of ed races are held in 2020. I'm running. If you gave us your name, we could mention it. So good for you for running. It is the night my body's weak. I'm on the run. No time to sleep. I've got to ride. Ride like the wind to be free again. And I've got to such a long way to go. Michael McDonald voice. Such a long way there to you go. go. That's what to make wanted. it to the border of Mexico. So I'll ride like the wind. Ride like the wind. I was born the son of a lawless man. Always spoke my mind with a gun in my hand. Live nine lives, gun down ten. Gonna ride like the wind. Ride like the wind. There you go. That's what you. That's want. our last Thank comment, you. folks. That's people trying to bring some humor. We appreciate that. Thank you very much. And that is the end of the Red Maryland poll. Yes, for your April, April 2019. 2019 poll results. Yeah. There you go. I'd be remiss if I didn't remind you, people who missed the top of the show, we're on Patreon now. Patreon.com. Slash Red Mary. Yeah, and you Please can support support us having more people participate in our poll. Getting indeed that great, uh, you know, our our audience with those great wonderful comments. And let's have another transition, shall we? And our next segment has a theme song as well. Greg, please please. Roll that beautiful beat. Uh, I'd rather play this than have this discussion again, but we're going to lead into it. Yeah, Here well. we go. People have no idea what the hell this is. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, Mother Conway. Now I'm yeah. down in Manchester next to Adam Sandler, but I'll be Woods forever. I'm the new Salinger, because I could live anywhere, but I choose to live there, the middle of nowhere. I used to shop in Salem, next to Rockingham Park. Right there up on 28, you'll find Canopy Lake Park. Bring me up to Portsmouth, the saloon at State Street. Catch me up at Gillies after hours for some late eats. It's not the Kangamangus, it's the Kankamagus. It's a scenic byway that I like to drive in August. Now I'm down in Bedford, home of Seth Myers. Yeah, also several New Hampshire, yes, you get the idea. <laughs> so the governor went to New Hampshire this week. The penal colony of New Hampshire. Hey, New Hampshire is a lovely state. I vacation there often. Um you go to Canada all the time, too, but whatever. <laughs> New Hampshire is another state. <laughs> Live free or die. License plates made by prisoners. Um, that's true, by the way. Yeah. Just well, FYI. Yeah. So the governor went to New Hampshire, presumably to test the waters, to dip his toe in, if you will, to examine. I, I'm not going to, but go ahead. A run for president in yes. 2020. And damn it, Greg, we're tired of talking about this story. But um, we have to talk about it. 
Yeah, I mean, we, we he announced this months ago. We talked about it during session. Maybe it was two months ago, six weeks ago, whatever it was. Right. Um, it is this event that politics and every eggs. every serious presidential contender will come to this event and speak through the Anthem's college whatever. I can't tell if you're f- doing Tom Brokaw or whatever. It's no, I'm doing my serious insight. No, it's 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 BS. It's Kabuki theater. Um, nothing has changed uh, from what the governor has said all throughout right. about whether he's running or not. There were a lot of people who wanted to make news out of this, and they tried like heck to do it. The governor went up and said the same things that he said before. He gave a speech that was largely, you know, cut and pasted from his second inaugural address. Um, Play the hits. He commented. He made he made answers to questions about whether he's running or not that he's made before. He said, the, you know, WBAL had this, you know breaking news notification that went out my wife's like oh my god is he is is he running and she showed me the notification what he said was something that he said for months which is people have asked me to seriously consider running and i think i owe it to do that to them to do so so he's seriously considering running at the request of others that's nothing that's not a guy who really wants to run for president (laughs) that is not a guy who is going, you know, I mean... The, Bill the, Weld is a guy running for president right. that literally nobody asked to run for president. But he is running. He wants to run. Right. The and, New Hampshire primary is nine months away? February. February. So you do the math. Nine and a half months. Nine months away. Um, there's the, the governor doesn't have a campaign organization put together. He or doesn't name have a, ID. He doesn't have... That money. I'm aware of. He's not raising any money. The president's sitting there with $40 million. This is not a guy who's running. No. Is it? Is it? And it's not a guy who should run. And we've talked about that, so we're not going to. Re- we're trying really hard not to rehash it. Um, so there was no news in this, which is what's so frustrating about it, because it, it, it's, it's exactly what's wrong with our national media. It's too focused on the presidential race. It's right. too focused on Washington, and it's trying to make new. I mean, these reporters know the governor is not saying anything new. He literally said nothing new. Yeah. He also said, I'm not interested in going on a suicide mission. Right. Which, by the which way... is very important when you're a guy who's got 1% and the president, right. for all of his faults, has a massive you know, approval rating in right. the Republican Party. There's not one scintilla of evidence that I've seen. I'm sure there are... I'm sure there are all kinds of people who hope to make money on a potential campaign who are coming up with, with scenarios. But there's not one scintilla of evidence that I've seen... That Governor Hogan has any chance of beating President Trump in a primary for President of the United States in 2020. Not one. And, and you know, I don't know. Every, I'm not in the mind of the governor. No. And I, I'm sure that the governor thinks he would make a better president than President Trump. Not sugarcoating that. He's not a fan of the president. Not sugarcoating that. He would be a better president than Donald um, Trump. But that doesn't. I, but I'm that, not sugarcoating that. But the, but but the governor realities can, are what right. they are. The governor can read a poll. Yeah. The governor is a discerning guy who keeps his own, um, who keeps his own counsel more than any others. And as we, I don't out- think I don't think he's going to be convinced by people blowing smoke up his ass, and the Bill Crystals of the world who are wish casting upon him to go out and make a fool out of himself and tilt at windmills. And as we've talked about before, Greg, yes, Governor Hogan is one of the sharpest political minds we have ever come across. Whether you agree with his politics or not, yeah. the guy can read a poll, the guy can see which direction the wind is blowing, yeah. and the guy knows when something is a calculated risk and when something, like he said, is just jumping on a grenade for the sake of jumping on a grenade. Right. If the governor is basing his 
decision making off guys like Bill Crystal. He needs to find better people to base his decision making off right. of because Bill Crystal does not have Larry Hogan's best interest in heart. Not Bill, not at all. Bill Crystal all. cares about. I don't necessarily disagree with Bill Crystal saying that Donald Trump's a bad president because I don't think Trump is a good president. But Bill Crystal has become so deranged about his opposition to President Trump yeah. that he doesn't care what the collateral damage is. He just wants somebody to run against Trump almost to satisfy Bill Crystal's ego more than actually beating Donald Trump in a primary. Yeah. And the I'm, governor has oh, – go, go ahead. The governor knows good people. He has good people around him. And I hope he relies on the people that he knows well and not the people who just are coming here to want something out of him. And I'm sure he has sincere supporters who would love to see him do that. And I don't have any. Look, he's not a fan of the problem. I'm not going to sugarcoat that for you. Right. Uh, He doesn't like the president. He he he. There's no two ways around that. If you're a big supporter of the president, as I know many of us are, many of you are. Don't um, don't throw us into this. Not not you, Brian. Um He's uh, he's he's not a fan. No. And he took an opportunity to take a shot at the president on the Mueller report. And by the but, way, let me, but keep in mind, let me to, to, to that point, the governor has said in the past he was going to wait to see how the Mueller report came out. There's no question that the Mueller report, which everybody can see through their own tribal lens and tribal lens and spin it however they want. There's no question that that was not the, the other shoe to drop and the end of the Trump administration. No. Whatever it was or wasn't, whether it was a vindication as as Team Red sees it, or whether it showed very concerning uh, acts of of near criminality as Team Blue wants to, and some of the Never Trumpers want, and to what say it is. probably really is, which is something in the middle, which which yeah, which is right. Um, it's not it's not a it's not an it's opening not the, of a door. It's not the silver bullet, right? And I and I think that that. I mean, I just don't think the president I, – I don't think the governor is going to challenge him. I don't Now, mean. the governor says, well, I'm going to go visit 13 other states. Yeah, you know, he's involved in the National Governors Association, and he's big in the RGA. And, and he's, he's a guy who wants to build national profile if he does want to run in 2024 or if he does want to run for the U.S. Senate in 2022. Like, I know so many people want him to do. I still don't right. think that's going to happen. We can talk about that some other time there are other possibilities and i think also he wants to preserve the fact that he's popular nationally right and i think he wants to keep those bona fides i think there was another poll that came out today that showed that his popularity is still in the low 70s right um he wants to keep that going i think he wants to be a critic of the president because he is a critic of the president right i don't know that that does us a lot of good but i think him having some national profile does give him some cachet in annapolis but you know, there's no there's nothing new here. Everything we've said is still true. Nothing about this trip to New Hampshire changed anything. There was no news here. No, I and totally I know agree. all the and I know all the folks on the Trump side are triggered and are raving out and are doing all that. Oh, and God, they're having they are so raving. And they've they've gotten to the point. The red face rants about, you know, Donald Trump and they, all this. They've gotten stuff. to the point, Greg, where they are so, you know, they are, they are so red faced to use your phrase. Yeah. about the governor saying critical things about dear leader that you know they're basically just saying stuff accusing the governor of not doing stuff or doing stuff that are just completely you know separated from reality Jerry, just remember it's not a lie if you believe it <laughs> and that's basically the mo of some of these guys who are having rave outs right now and look there are people in maryland 
who say they are conservative, who are complaining that the governor is doing X or doing Y or not doing X or not doing Y. They're not serious people. They're not people who actually pay attention to what's going on. They're just people who are cheerleaders for the president. There are national people who should damn well know better than what they're saying. You read between the lines there. Who are saying stuff... Um, but you they're know, doing a shit. Who, who are playing a character, yeah. which is not anything like they used to be, by the way. Right. Um, you know, they're playing a character they're because to this is living. their job, trying to make a living. I feel sorry for them that they have to BS their way through the crap that they're actually putting on, putting on the internet these days. Yeah. Um, but everybody's got to take a chill pill. The guy's not running for president. Yeah. I. I. There's nothing about there. Again. Yeah, I agree with you. The only way that Larry Hogan runs for president is if there is a significant seismic shift in the administration's perception by Republicans or the or the or if there's a seismic shift that indicates that Donald Trump is a, just a dead duck going into a general election. And of course, we all thought he was a dead duck going into the last general election. So how do you really make that yeah. um how do you really make that determination? Yeah. It would yeah. it would require a you know, a, a shift. Um, did you ever see the movie Volcano? I'm sure I did a long time ago. Uh, that movie, you know. I Tommy know. Lee Jones. And I know Hayes. the movie you're talking about. So they're in Los Angeles. and That movie, you know. I've never seen. <laughs> and okay. La Brea, the lake there in L.A. Yes, correct. The temperature rose like six degrees in a day. And Tommy Lee Jones is like, oh, well, maybe it's just a sunshine. And it's like it takes volcanic activity and a seismic shift to do something like that. Right. That's what we're talking about. It would have to be a cataclysmic change in the electoral calculus for Larry Hogan to decide to run for president at this juncture. Uh, to give him any serious chance of winning. I, yeah. And, and, and if anything, it's gone the other way since the Mueller report came out, since the Democrats are going so far to the left. Um it's it's helped the president and the polling shows that. So uh, that's what's so frustrating about this, because you had national. I mean, they needed to make news. It yes. needed to be national news. And what's so frustrating is that local people covering it, like our friends of BAL, had to make it breaking news. Right. When they've heard the governor say the exact same things. Right. And the folks on the you know, who are making their living being, you know, Trumpistas and throwing red meat and, you know, being angry every single day are going out being angry every day and now they're now they've got today's podcast is going to focus on Larry Hogan the latest to attack dare I say the dear leader um and and uh, you know what a you know they're undermining our ability to save our country from the existential threat that is the demon rats yeah it's all it, it's it's all an example and this is I'll say this and I'll speak my piece it's everything that I hate about national politics it's repetitive it's predictable and everybody's tribal it's insipid and it is hackneyed there is no news here if i had it to quote if i had to um make my living being angry about national stuff every day repeating the same talking points repeating the same crap over and over again to quote Brad Paisley, I would put the bottle to my head and pull the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, it would just be I a really sad owned I really owned the libs today. You know, I mean, no, I own the libs. Didn't win an election, but I own the libs. Yeah, just uh, yeah. All right. So so whatever. And there's a lot of people in that category. Hey, speaking of not winning, Greg, this is thankfully, a... we don't have to do that doing what we do here at Red Mail. As far as state and local politics are concerned, it's much ado about nothing. Yeah. Speaking of Don't not, make us talk about it anymore. Because I do resent the governor having to make us talk about it. Speaking of not winning, Greg. 
Yes. The Oakland Raiders in the first round of the fourth overall pick selected Cleland Farrell, defensive end out of Clemson. They needed a now they needed a pass rush because they traded away a Hall of Fame pass rusher last yeah, year. Yeah, that is a thing that which they Which was need a to stupid do. stupid thing to do. But I tell you the truth, I'm actually amazed they didn't do what the Raiders usually do, which is either draft the fastest guy in the draft or well, a quarterback. Hey, hey no, it, Al Davis is gone. And they got Mike Mayock. So they got the guy from TV who was saying what they should do to actually do it. And so now, presumably, the, the, the Mel Kuyper Juniors of the world will at least say, well, that's a smart pick. Well, or maybe he hates Mike Mayock. I don't know. We'll see. It only, you know, all of this is a gamble anyway. By the way, the draft started. But they traded. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You, you got me started. I did. They're trying to replace a Hall of Fame player that they traded away who they had under contract. They didn't have to pay him one penny more than they'd already contracted to pay him last year. Yeah. But he wanted an extension, and he wasn't happy, and he might have held out for a little while longer, so they just traded him. And hopefully this first-round pick is a Hall of Famer, because otherwise it's, you know, people are going to still way, give him a 75 time. minutes into the draft, eight people have been drafted. Okay. All right. I'm sure it's a great TV show. Kyler Murray did go number one overall to Arizona, which is very good. Good. Perfect. That'll work out great. But Daniel Jones went to the Giants at six. I've had a pos- Dwayne Haskins, which is what everybody thought was going to happen. Do you get into the pre-draft? I mean, I'm an NFL fan. You know that. But I, I've lost I've lost my uh, I've lost interest in the draft stuff and the let's let's just get I the generally players don't, and let's go. I generally don't watch There's it. There's so much. I mean, as we to- talked about before the show, when the NFL draft was on Saturday, it started at noon. Right. You could just sit all day and right. watch it. It was a great reason to stay home and day drink. Right. And you just watch the draft and it just went. And now it's right. just, you know, I mean, I pay attention to it because I'm in a dynasty football league. Um, so it's like I'll have a draft in a couple of weeks with a, that include these rookies. But, you know, it's like the Ravens aren't going to pick till 22nd. They're probably going to trade out of the first round entirely. Most of the Ravens' money, for lack of a better term, is made in the second and third rounds, you know, where they really get value players, you know, who, who – help organizational depth yeah you know sports shock here in red Maryland. you know the ravens don't pick high in the draft the ravens are not never bad and are usually not bad enough to pick in the top 10 picks of the draft so, <laughs> not like the raiders who are who do it every year speaking of bad picks haha <laughs> oh this is going to be a ham-handed transition let's talk about the baltimore sun and okay, their well, let's, union let's do this because we need we need to do we it. need to yeah <laughs> we weren't going to talk about this but it became a it became a giant to do today on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about this cuz you wrote a piece about the Baltimore Suns efforts. It's a follow-up in the contract piece. negotiations. It's a follow-up piece to something I wrote almost 3 years ago. I first wrote about I will give you the floor, my yeah, friend. I first wrote about a potential strike at the Baltimore Sun back in October of 2016 because at the time um, the reporters for the Baltimore Sun were desperately trying to get um, the public to help them demand a pay raise. Right. Okay. Now, right. in the time since then, they haven't gotten a pay raise. Okay. Understandable that they'd be pissed off about that. I get that. I follow that. Okay. I feel your pain. I want you guys to get paid more. Okay. If you think you deserve it, you should get paid more. There's value in what they do. There's no question right. about it. the reporters. The reporters. Um. The problem is they're they're union shop. Their union screwed them a couple of years ago on a deal. You can go back and read everything more about that there. Their contract expires June 30th. Okay? They're, you know, they, so they put balloons up yesterday, and we're all over social media during working hours, I point out, 
talking about how they should demand a pay raise. You know, they need a pay raise. I get that. I'm, I'm, I am sympathetic to people who want to make more money. Okay. Um, I am pro worker. I'm not really against the. I'm not really for unions because unions are tend to be more about politics and political power and controlling their workers more so than getting a fair deal for the people that they're actually working for. Right. Uh, that's particularly more true of public sec- sector unions, but private. Which but, we're against. But that we're against. Sector, as private as Franklin Roosevelt was. If people want to, people in the private sector want to form a union, bully on them. I think they made a stupid choice, but that's their decision and not mine. Um, so I pointed out that again, this is all talking about how it's looking like a strike coming down the pike on June 30th when the contract expires. The, the Sun has been preparing for a uh, for a contract, you know, work stoppage for a while now. Now again, that's bad news. Okay, let's make that perfectly clear. I know a lot of people are on Facebook like screw the Baltimore Sun. I don't read that rag. If they stop publishing, what am I gonna do to line my birdcage? Okay, but I didn't you guys, pick up that accent, but yeah, there were, guys, there were negative you, comments about the But you the guys Baltimore don't Sun. get it, okay? The Baltimore Sun, whether we like the Sun or not, whether we think their coverage is fair or not, I think their coverage is a lot better these days than it has been in the past, by the way. Um, yeah, we're talking frontline reporters here, not editorial page. We're yeah, talking we're talking about reporters. About and I, I think, again, you know, guys, you know, folks like Pam Wood and Luke Broadwater do a pretty good job of reporting the stuff. You know, both of them have called me for comment before. They've, they've quoted me fairly. They've quoted me accurately. You know, this isn't about the reporters, which I think that some people think is. It's not. The editorial page can go kiss off. I mean, they suck. Um, you know, I think that's contributed to part of the problems with it readership con- and that sort of stuff. It certainly contributed to part of the problems yeah. um, that the perception that our readers have. It's certainly the perception that conservatives have. You know, as we pointed out before, when we wrote for the Baltimore Sun— we were asked to come on board because back then they knew they had a business problem right? with getting conservatives to subscribe to the paper. I, and let me make that point again, because Andy Green, of the editor of the Baltimore Sun, came to us. We didn't sat go down, to them. They sat, came, to, came us. to us, sat down with Brian, said, look, we know that there are a lot of conservative readers out there, because we see it in the comments and all this kind of stuff, who are interested in our product, which is local news, and we're not servicing them, and we'd like to keep them around and and get more. So we want to hire you and Mass Red Maryland to be a conservative commenter, you know, conservative editorial writers for the the Baltimore Sun in a regular way. Now, we're not going to go into the entire story here today because that's going to be on the History of Red Maryland podcast. Oh, that'll be a good one. Which will be, uh, you'll have exclusively first on, that that will be released to the general public eventually. Yeah, yeah. But that will be exclusively, yeah, yeah, we have a lot of episodes that show lined out, folks. Yeah, that's Um, a three-parter for sure. Yeah, so we'll talk more in depth about that in the future on that show. But ultimately, we got shown the door on some trumped-up nonsense because they were getting too much heat. The editorial page was getting too much heat from Democrats in Annapolis. From Democrats in Annapolis. And we were, and never, like re- and we were never replaced with another conservative voice. That's the point. So if anybody tells you it was something we did, they never replaced us. Right. And it, by the way, it was national left-wing stuff as well. I mean, Media Matters had us in their top three. It was like Rush Limbaugh, um, Levin, and then Red Maryland working with the Baltimore Sun were their top targets because they were so outraged that how dare the Baltimore Sun have right. a conservative column once a week in the Dead Tree Paper edition 
uh, of that, you know, right. and, and they've never replaced it. Occasionally they'll run a column from somebody or they'll run a column from Bob Ehrlich or they'll run a Jonah. Go- Usually it's about national stuff and right. they don't have regular conservative editorial opinion from a conservative perspective on state and local politics. And that is intentional. And that has alienated part. That's it's part of the reason why the circulation is down. Look, there are a lot of people who don't care about the news, who care more about, you know, what Kim Kardashian is doing mm-hmm. um, and are never going to subscribe to a local newspaper. Right. And people who do care about it, but may have a Republic, may be Republican or have a more conservative perspective, feel like they're betraying their values by buying a subscription to the Baltimore Sun right. because and of I their admit, editorial point of view. I am a subscriber. I am not. Okay. I, I pay for it. I do. Yeah, I really I do. Not. So I am a subscriber to this paper. I do have skin in this game. Even though even though they screwed us over, I still subscribe to the paper. Even yeah. though they insist on all these annoying pop-up ads as a subscriber, these annoying startup videos, which, by the way, is another problem with their revenue, is the fact that their, um, you know, they, their website sucks. Yeah, well, but again, there are many people like us who probably would read the Dead Tree edition or at least subscribe to it who don't want to do that because they feel like there is a bias in the paper. Yeah. That bias predominantly comes from the editorial page, as we've pointed out. Right. You know, the reporters themselves are usually pretty good. But I, I mean, look, there's a value. But the point is, the point is, is that revenues are down. Right. The, right. the Tribune has been trying to unload the Baltimore Sun for years. Right. And can't find somebody willing to put up the money, put up a fair market price right. to pay for it. Now you've got the, the, the Baltimore Sun Guild wants to come in, start demanding higher salaries, demanding, you know, basically putting, putting everybody on notice that, you know, and, and look, I know they're not saying that they're going to strike. But you don't, run, you don't do the ruckus that they're doing. You don't make the public pronouncements that you're doing. You don't make yourselves a story like this unless you are planning to go on strike a strike will kill the paper it'll kill it it'll kill it dead it, because it, one it, of two things going to wind up happening right. either they're not going to publish the paper nobody's going to make any money and there's going to be no jobs for the union to come back to or they'll just fill it with scabs and move on and nothing and it won't matter yeah and and, and look and again i want to go back to this because i think some of our people in our audience might not agree with this but we recognize the value because we have a lot of friends who are reporters and who are in the media. Right. And we recognize the value of a reporter, as David Simon once said, going out, getting the who, what, when, why and where of a story, especially when it comes to local government and politics. There you isn't don't, enough. You of don't it. have the Catherine Pugh story without the work the Baltimore Sun did. You, and, and there's not enough of it as is. Right. And if you don't have that, then you really lose a lot more and you don't have... I mean, we, we're we trying to fill a niche within that space, but a lot of what we comment on, a lot of what we write about, there is a reporter, often at the Baltimore Sun, sometimes the Post, sometimes the Daily Record, um, whoever, who has done the who, what, why, when, where. We report original news sometimes, too, um, but a lot of it is commenting on what somebody else has, has been able to go out and do, mm-hmm. and... That has value, and we recognize that. And I think most people who who want the news recognize that. But again, it's a shrinking number of people. Um, There's more people who get information from the Internet. There's all kinds of problems with the media in general as far as the way we consume it, which is problematic, especially when it comes to to politics and government. 
and we're too nationalized and that's that i think the internet's driven that as much as anything else oh has it ever and that's problematic and that hurts circulation of local newspapers and i think also the fact that you know partisan papers are a tradition in the country but they worked when you had each side represented in a different paper in the in in town. and you also had the papers uh, particularly back in the 1800s, the Pipers just outright identified themselves. You know, where it was the right. Rochester Democrat, the Rochester Republican, et cetera, and so right. forth. And you had, and you had those alternates. So, so, you know. Washington, think- it works kind of like that in Washington, where you have the Post and the Times. I know the Times is not nearly on par, as, but you have right. it in New York, and you have it in some other cities as well. Pittsburgh had it, Chicago, that sort of thing. But Baltimore has, the Sun has been the only game in town in Baltimore. For a long time. Since 1986, when the News American went under, you could argue that the Sun and the Evening Sun were really two different papers kind of competing friendly against each other. But even the Evening Sun went out of business 24 years ago. The only thing that's been even attempted since then was when the Examiner came in. That's barely even a fair But that was just a a rich guy spending a lot of money to put a competing newspaper in a lot of places. Right. I mean, essentially is what it boils But the fact remains is that if the Baltimore Sun reporters go on strike, they are going to hurt the community, they are going to hurt their jobs, and they are going to hurt the business that they are working at. Now, and that's basically what I said. I also brought up the fact that I thought it was kind of, you know, that it brought up credibility questions of when you have so 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 much union politics go on in this state, you know, whether or not there were issues with union reporters covering union politics, because there are you know, right. there are perspectives there. Right. Let me put it this way. My story did not go over well with certain sections of the Baltimore Sun yeah. uh, reportage and certain retirees. Yeah. Uh, Mike Dresser, who, of course, was so committed to Maryland, he moved to frickin' Mexico as soon as he retired. Um had a, had a real hard on today for for he my. He was very story. angry with you on Twitter. Very angry, um, and eventually I had to remind him why he had uh, you know the reputation as being one of the most radically left wing Democratic sympathizers, just basically a Democratic stooge. You can go back to Red Maryland, search Michael Dresser. We talked about it years ago. It's sure. nothing new under the sun, right? Uh, you know, but Pete, the the it's very clear. You know, a hit dog will holler, and the fact that so many members of the Baltimore Sun Guild, so many you know. So many people who are sympathetic or former reporters to the, at the Baltimore Sun took such umbrage to my piece kind of tells me everything I, I need to know about it, don't you think? Yeah, and I think also, getting back to, you know, why what we do is kind of important, there's nobody else. Again, they're the only newspaper in town. The Baltimore the other reported the other, on it, but again, that's not... Yeah, that's not a wide coverage either. But they're not they're not going to give it any critical perspective, certainly not from a conservative perspective. On no, what because, doing. you know, the people who are writing that are, are Democratic right. sympathizers and union sympathizers. So, of course, they're just going to. So we're the over. only people who are willing to even take a critical eye to it, whether you agree with the criticism entirely or not. That's still valuable, which is why it's important what we do here and go to Patreon dot com slash Red and support what we're doing. And stay but, tuned, because soon we'll have the full story of what went down between us and the Baltimore Sun. Uh, yeah, for a patron only. At least to start with. At least to start with, for a significant period of time. You're going to want to check that out. Yeah. Um, but that's why it's so important what what, um, what we do. And, and it's not an opinion that the Baltimore Sun would allow in their newspaper anymore. The irony being, of course, is the fact that um, there's the only person involved in the conversation between us and these Baltimore Sun reporters who takes a Baltimore Sun media group check and is not a member of the union this guy right here me that's true <laughs> irony you yeah, write for the annapolis capital if i you're do not familiar with what he's saying right which is a baltimore sun media group property yes correct but i cash their checks so you 
know how that is. Those big, massive chicks. Speaking of Annapolis and Anne Arundel County, our final yeah. thing that we're going to talk about here tonight is what? Oh, do we really want to get into this? It's like nine thirty, man. How long a show do we want to do? Why don't we save this for next week? We'll save it for next week. I'll okay. save it for next week. You won't be here. Next I won't week. be here next week. Hey, I do want to remind that reminds me. Um, It'll Maryland keep. It'll Podcast keep. Month. Starts on May 1st. Yes. And throughout the month of May, we are going to have special guests come in. We are. Uh, from other podcasts. Right. Um, to talk about their shows and kind of expose them to a new audience. Correct. Next week, uh, uh, Jimmy Braswell returns to Red Maryland. He'll be talking about the JB's Drive-In Movie Podcast. I'll talk with Jimmy about that. Um, quite a jock-ass move that's going to be. Um, the week It's at- a fun podcast. We're celebrating in the month of May for the second year in a row. We're celebrating Maryland-based podcasts. We're trying to promote interest in podcasting. In Maryland. And- the rising tide lifts all boats, folks. That's right. And particularly those in Maryland. So if you live in Maryland, you like what we do. There's lots of other podcasts. And, w- and it's not just political. It's certainly not just from a conservative perspective. Right. Uh, Jimmy does a podcast where he talks about uh, it. It's it, I. At its center, it's a, and you'll hear it's more next week. About Obsensibly, it's about breaking down and talking about popular movies. Okay, so they did Raiders of the Ark last week. In Raiders reality, of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark last week. Yes. In reality, it, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, whatever it's called. In reality, it turns into kind of this personality-driven thing. My favorite line from last week's show, Brian, you didn't you didn't li- listen to this, but I did because we're having Jimmy on next week, and I'm a fan. Uh, his co-host, Paul Dragos asked is there anything in the bible about the um uh the ark of the covenant that's the that's the kind of insight and it went from there so that's the kind of fun stuff you get ah, the old we'll talk more about that the old Jimmy next week. paul's gonna get mad he doesn't like me anyway which is why i'll never be on that show but it's fine but in that vein of fun celebrating all kinds of different podcasts music sports Entertainment, comedy. Yeah, the week, the week after we'll that, May 9th, we're going to have uh, John Frenet and Tim Hamilton back from the Maryland yes. Crabs yes. doing the show live. That'll be a By the way, I, show. And one of the things I'll ask John Frenet is he absolutely believes that Larry Hogan is running. He says he's absolutely he running. John has lots of interesting opinions <laughs> that uh, I want to make sure I catalog. We're going to have Mark Ronick from the Mark and Lowell yeah. show on. We're going to have the folks from the... From the um, that's one of their little things they do. We're going to have the folks on from a fashion podcast. We're going to have the ones we're going to have the folks from the Hunt Club on as well. What is you that? Know, what is the Hunt Club? Uh, it's it's a show about music and culture. There you go. So you want to know more, MarylandPodcastMonth.com. It's on Facebook. Uh, yes. Search for Maryland Podcast Month. We're on Twitter at Maryland Podcast. Maryland Podcast Month will tell you there are two dozen plus shows that are participating in Maryland Podcast Absolutely. Month. So make sure that you check that out. And, it, and it's a fun one if you got a if you got a diverse group of friends on Facebook or something. Share the Maryland Podcast Month because it's not yes. just Red Maryland. You can kind of sneak that in there, but it's a lot of other stuff yeah. as well that some of them will enjoy. We're trying to promote pot people listening to podcasts. And if you're listening Indeed. to this. You can help us do that. Indeed. I do want to remind you this week's show is brought to you by the Frederick County Republican Club, who is bringing you their Central Committee dinner on Friday, May the 10th at the uh, Linganore Winery out in Mount Airy. And uh, Congressman Jim Jordan is the guest speaker. For more information about that, go to frederickgop.org, or you can buy tickets to talk to Joey Lynn Huff. Joey Lynn H. J O E Y L Y N N H at Comcast.net. And that's coming to you, Authority of the Frederick County Republican Central Committee, Joey Lynn Huff Treasurer. Folks, thank you very much for joining me this week's episode. There are a number of different ways that you can support Red Maryland. The most important, the newest one, patreon.com slash Red Maryland. Very, very important. Um, 
Subscribe to Red Maryland Network Program and iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, the TuneIn Radio app, and Google Play and have shows like this one uh, automatically download to the device of your choice. Sometimes Greg does a show on Saturdays called The Conservative Refuge. Some people miss it. Maybe he'll do it again. I don't know. You never know. The Air Raid will come back this Sunday. Brand new episode featuring yours truly. Greg, as I said, flying solo next week. I'll be down yes. at Ocean City for the Knights of Columbus convention. Good. Okay, good. We'll I, have, keep it I have responsibilities to do. Some sort of papist convention. Good. Yeah, well, keeping you know, an there's, again, it's, it's a group of people who belong to the one church created by Christ. Oh, good. Oh, good um, for you. And, of course, in the future, soon, you. soon coming to Patreon first, but first, you know, eventually on the... Um, Eventually, on his, uh, you know, on this feed, you will have the best the history of Red Maryland. Can't wait to have that show. So, if, if you sign up for a Patreon, even a dollar a month, uh, you'll get that special content as well. You're gonna you're gonna want that if you if you have any if you enjoy at all what we do and you're curious about the history of Red Maryland, which is it's an interesting story, and we'll have fun telling it to you. Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more there. Like us on social media, facebook.com slash redmaryland. We are on Twitter at redmaryland. We are on Instagram at redmaryland. Folks, please invite your friends, family, neighbor, and colleagues, coworkers, co-religious, in-laws, and outlaws to like our content, share our stories with them. A lot of good stuff at redmaryland.com this week if you've been paying attention. Please make sure that you're sharing that stuff with them. Drop it into next door. They'd love that. Just copy and paste, click, don't follow this post, and just let the chips fall. Um, and please share our Patreon on social media as well, patreon.com slash redmaryland. If you want to contact us, redmaryland at gmail.com is how you can do that. Uh, our phone and fa- a phone and text line, rather, 410-205-4875. What's that number again? 410-205-4875, and we will feature your comments on a future Red Maryland Network program. Greg, any final thoughts? It is not a fax line. Just leave us a message. I, and we'll play. I know. <laughs> Um, good stuff. Based on some of the content we get, it's definitely not a fax, F-A-C-T-S line. Ah, I see what you did there. All right. Please do support us. Patreon.com slash Red Maryland. Thank network. you for all your support and yes. for listening. Indeed. For everybody here at the network, thank you very much for listening. For Greg Klein, I am Brian Griffiths. You have been listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network.